0: When Shermer grover got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud, I went out one won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani.
1: North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away
2: at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. It's
3: brilliant, 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 brilliant. Here comes Pigny.
2: Welcome along to episode number 78 of the Bidaret Supporters Trust podcast. We're back after a short while away and this week I am delighted to be joined by Sean Dunn. Sean, how are you?
1: Great, Ronan. Good to be back. Jerry O'Connor, how are you?
4: Yeah, good. Good,
0: Ronan. Uh, Nice to be back. Nice to get a break, but nice. Better to be back.
4: And Donald
2: Kelly. Donald, how are you?
0: Fantastic, Ronan. Thanks very much. Yeah, like lads, good to be back.
2: So this week, we will look back on last week's defeat to Shams in the showgrounds, as well as that, we will discuss the annual draw and the record sum of money that was generated from the annual draw, and as well as that, we will look ahead to the next game, which is away to UCD on Friday night in Belfield. So I suppose, lads, we'll start with the, the Shams game on Saturday. It was a 3-1 loss, Sean, um, a lot of talk about... That we know how good they are, but it was just disappointing the manner of the defeat in the end.
1: Yeah, they're definitely a quality side, Ron, and I've said it for a long time about them. Now there's some fabulous footballers playing for them, and I don't think anyone can deny that. Even looking at the strength of their bench, you know, it was scary to see what they they could afford to to leave sitting out sitting out of that game. But um, I think to a certain degree, we did make them look a bit better than they should have been. You know, I think we were. We were very naive. I have to say, um, as as you all know, I'm a massive backer, of John Russell, and I believe in the vision going forward. But I have to say, the other night he got his team selection completely wrong, and that midfield three never worked, uh, never was going to work in a game like that. I think you, you have to accept that they're going to have the majority of the ball, even away from home. That's the quality of the player they have. That's how good they are. So you need legs. You need runners. You need people chasing down all the time. And unfortunately, you're not going to get that out of Bulger, Cauley and McDonald. I don't think you can afford to have Cauley and Bulger in the same midfield in a game like that. I think you can afford one of them for that bit of experience and that bit of know-how. But I think the two of them causes an issue. And I was really surprised by Adam McDonald because usually that's one thing I'd always compliment them on is his engine and his ability to get round and hassle players. And I genuinely can't remember him making one tackle. And I'm not trying to knock the lad, but I just, I can't for the life of me remember him making one proper interception or closing them down with great effect. Like even for the second goal, I don't want to go too far ahead. But the three of them are at sea, they're lost. And the fact is they're actually standing beside Jack Byrne. And Bulger's lost as well on the true ball. It's just... it was a calamity and that midfield really hampered us. And then in tail it kind of it nearly exposed the back four not lot, an awful lot more because they were like holograms in the middle. So Shams just kept coming and coming and coming. They were strolling through us. And I think it left Blaney and Nando really exposed. Now the two boys they did battle hard. But I just think overall we made them look better than this than they are. It, it was just it was an awful lot easier night than it should have been for Shams.
2: And Jerry, the, Sean mentioned the midfield there and I suppose um, there's going to have a lot been said about the midfield but like it's you know, to be overrun in midfield was disappointing. You were nodding your head to agreement when Sean was talking there as well.
4: Yeah. Um, look, when you look at the, the line-up of the team um, we tried to go for a compact shape, to be honest. To be, to be honest uh, tried to keep it tight in the middle. um. But shams, exploiters down, down the down the sides. Um, anything good that came started from coming down the sides. Anything that was put into the middle, then we just it was like we had lead weights in our bits. Um, and just looking at the second goal, there is what Sean uh, touched on, like Jack Byrne done a full three sixty, uh, and a, we've got a man nearly touched tight on him, uh, and he doesn't tackle him. Um, then a simple ball through the middle and we're completely undone so you can see what we were trying to go for um, on paper but you know it, it was just, just completely didn't work as you say, they just worked the ball down the side, knocked it into the middle we were just I don't know what we were, lethargic Just we just stood off and we just gave them maybe too much respect maybe we just I know John Russell says that uh, we didn't turn up. Um definitely we didn't turn up. We could have put eleven any any eleven players out, we would have done wouldn't have done any worse than what we what we performed there the last night. It was just really, really disappointing. Um yeah.
2: And Donald, I suppose that we all we kind of said the last few weeks and that the first goal is important is very important and to concede the first goal was this you know it's disappointing as well, but the manner of the first goal as well.
0: At the manner of the performance, Ronan. Being honest with you, like I, I've I left the game. I left the game with maybe a couple of minutes left, and I never do that. I I'd always clap them off regardless. But I I was never so dejected after performance as I was. Being honest with you, on, um, on certain nights, you no, know, maybe I'm being harsh. You know, there's there's not maybe not much to play for. Ah. uh obviously I suppose european place is gone are are all but and whatnot, but at the same time i just i just thought i just from from the first whistle it's just well, i don't know we, we weren't at it at all um, shams are a fantastic side Jack Byrne was amazing in midfield appearance him. and, and uh, I have to say Rory Gaffney was i mean like like the, for a fellow to play as much football as he does, and like to go the way he went for ninety minutes, it's to his credit to him and um, But we never showed up. I, I mean, it was just it was an utterly depressing performance. I I I I don't I don't think I I do I don't like being kind of I suppose over and 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 always trying to be positive, but. There was very, very little that, that I, positives I could take out of that performance on on Saturday night. Probably The only positive I could take was maybe Frank Levac in in the first half. He was the only fellow that kind of showed up and showed a bit of battle in my eyes. And then Caelan Barrow in the second half. I know, probably uh, uh, going on a bit of a top Barrow uh, showed a bit of something as well when he came on. But other than that, it's, it's just it was a night to forget. To be honest.
4: I think we I think we made them. I watched them against Shelburne in Talca Park there um, about a week and a half ago. Um in fairness, it was coming probably on the back of a, a busy European schedule uh, the, the week before. But, like, it was nil all. And Shelburne were the better team, um, put in a better performance, uh, put in a performance. And Shams were lucky to get away with a, a nil nil. Uh, a few days later, then, now we didn't see this game, but UCD. You know, suffered a 1 0 defeat to them. So I just think, and I know, I suppose Shams probably felt like they needed to put the foot down and, and get the three points after those kind of games uh, to put their stamp on, on the title. But I don't think they're as good as what we made them out to be the last night. Uh, we just stood off them. We never tackled, we never pressed them. We never won a second ball we just made it so easy we were so na- like so you have to everybody has to take be accountable for that whether it be I'm not massive into tactics but at the same time too a blind man could see where they were getting joy and it was because we were so narrow in midfield they were just coming at us in waves and if you look at Gaffney Gaffney probably played in the left and right channel more than he played in through the middle because he was just getting so much joy and um, there
1: was no cover and runners in there Johnny
4: no, oh, it was just couldn't get over. supporter
1: support full back. Yeah. You know, that's what it we're saying, you know. Your boots, you know. You could you could see it in the second half when we made the changes in the middle of the park when Morahan and Barlow came on. We did have the legs then. Yeah. The legs appeared and we were able to close those gaps in the in the wide areas a little bit more and offer a little bit more support to the full backs and center halves especially but all in all, it was just so frustrating. Like, and it does. It stems that first goal as well. Like, that's a really poor goal to concede, you know. Yeah. And in fairness, look, Brushy had a good game, and he's coming in cold. You know what I mean? He hasn't played in God knows mm. how long, but you know he comes flapping at that first cross. Everybody missed it. Yeah, and and it gets recycled
4: back in because again, yeah.
1: if you look at the goal, who was number is is
4: uh, who's number eleven for Sam's? I can't remember, but he clipped it back in. Cavna. He yes. had so much space. There was absolutely nobody within maybe 30 yards of him. Well, you're me, you time telling he could have taken four or five touches and picked not his yet. pass. So that's, we were just so narrow all the time. And it was just like, once it was put back in, everybody's standing, look at
1: yeah. Nobody makes a decision. Oh, well, it's a free header. Yeah. So... Stuff like that. That's not, and look, and even as Don was saying, yeah, maybe it's coming to the end of the season, but nothing really to play for. That shouldn't be the case. Well, really, like, I,
4: pride, yeah. I think it was yeah. everything to play for. I I think there was everything everything to play for the last night. Maybe not in terms of points but pride, like pride. That, you know, look at the money that 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 we raised off the pitch. Yeah. Um and everybody was on a high because of that. You know, everybody was like pepping their step like Jesus. I know no harm we we were giving ourselves everybody was giving ourselves a pat in the back and why shouldn't we? Um you know, we've said it a million times before like there's no other there's we're not fans we're supporters. Hmm. There's absolutely no other club that I know of in senior football that does what we do, whether it be in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, whatever country, there's absolutely no other supporters that back their
1: club the way they do. And to put in a performance like that just fucking killed it. Yeah. On the back of a record breaking night that we knew yeah. was going that everyone knew it was going to be a record breaking night in terms of money raised as well. It was stemming from it from a few days beforehand. But like I put out the tweet that it felt like you could see lads who aren't going to be there next year. Mm -hmm. That's what it did feel like to me. And I hate that. I hate that with a passion because, you know, you should have pride in your profession. You know, that's your workplace. You're still paid by this club until the day you leave. You're paid by this club. And it's the supporters that are funding your wages. So you go out there and you put your heart and soul into every game. Granted, look, that's the, the ideal world. It doesn't happen all the time. But then when you're playing, it's, and let's call a spade a spade, Shams are our biggest rivals. It's not Harps, it's not Goal or anything like that. It's Shams. Mm-hmm. We're, that's our big game. And, you know, as much as they don't want to admit it, it's a massive game for them as well. Yeah. So it, it should be a case where we're going out there and it's, you're in psychopath mode. Players should be up for it no matter what. And I just seen an awful lot of players out there and it just, they were wearing flip flops, they were on the beach, they didn't give a no. shit.
0: I just think, like, I, I certainly hope that, uh, that's the that, you know what I mean for the rest of the season. There's four or five games left, like, just fucking, I mean, like, UCD, like, we haven't beaten UCD all season, they're bottom of the table, like, go beat UCD and they like, fucking sort it out. Like, I think you know, that's uh, a demon
1: to exercise, Donald
0: yeah, yeah, you know, and and like, and you know, just like. I don't know. Just I, I really hope that they don't put in the performance like they did again uh, for the rest of the season, like they did last, last, uh, last Saturday. Because as uh, just like like what you were saying there, Jerry, we're not fans, we're supporters, and we deserve better than that, you know. Mm. And uh, I was, I was really, really annoyed. At it. I really, really, I, I was like, there's no more sickening feeling than walking down Churchill and listening to fucking Shamrock Rovers fans Cock the fucking hoop. And good luck to them, and fairness, they're, they, they played fantastic. And they had every right to be as vociferous as they were, and go yeah. with them, but like it should be us singing leaving the fucking showgrounds, not fucking them, you no, know? so you know like like this it's the showgrounds belongs to us, it's our home patch, and I tell you if if you want if you if you want put on our jersey, go out there and fucking fight first, and don't, this crack of uh, not showing up is it's it's unacceptable, you know it's you know so cop on.
2: I suppose, Sean, if we can talk about Bright Sparks and like Kaylin Barlow, Donald mentioned earlier on that, you know, he certainly was a, a highlight from the game on Saturday. Yeah,
1: yeah, most definitely. Barlow is a, uh, you know, we've all said it now. I think since day one, since he's come in, he has that, that swagger about him that even coming up against the likes of Jack Byrne, he fancies his chances against them. They, they, they don't. Uh, weigh on him in any way, shape or form. He believes he should be at this level and maybe even at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And I do firmly believe he will play at a much higher level. Uh, he's that type of player. Look, every game I think he's come on now. He's made a difference in some way, shape or form. He's been unlucky actually in a couple of games where he could have scored a few goals. But that'll come in time for him as well. But even the other night, like he just, he gets on the ball. He works hard. He has a bit of everything about him. And he has that little bit of bite. Like there was one there was at one stage it kind of went flat in the second half when he was on, and it just died down a bit. But he just came in, and he just cemented one of them. I forget who it was. I'm not sure if it was Gaffney or not. But he just cemented them, and it was great. <laughs> I, got a, I got a great kick out of it. But it just gives that little bit of bite to the team, and it did it lifted again for the next five or ten minutes. I think it was just in the spell before we scored because we started to put a little bit of pressure on then. And it just he just adds all that all the time because he has that bite in him. A real classy, lovely footballer, but has that little nibble in him, and that's so important. That that's what makes a top-class footballer. You can see he has all the attributes, and I could sit and rave about him all day because I just think he's unbelievable. Genuinely. Yeah, and um, and he played he played a great
4: ball in for for the goal for Pineker as well. It was like, you know, all he needed was a touch. It was such a good ball, like, and in fairness, he was about thirty-five yards, forty yards. Strong goal, so there was a lot to do with the ball, but it was pin pin perfect. Um I know as well there uh, the last podcast I was saying about um pressure on the manager, um on, on John Russell. And you I, I was saying I could understand why he might throw young lads into the into the team uh to blood them and to give them game time because he needs to protect himself. And I think we're we're kind of seeing that now in a way in that there's an awful lot of people, like, including ourselves, are really, really disappointed with that last performance. So I think at this stage, like, I was going to say, he needs to protect himself by not trying, you know, stick with the experienced lads, try and get results, because he'll be judged on even games that don't really matter. But I think at this point, if lads don't really want to play, I think it's time to give uh, those young lads a chance. Because, like, as we've seen with, uh, with Barlow, you know, he 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 will give you that extra bit. He gives you legs, effort. Uh, good passer the ball. Wants to get involved. Um, you know, so I I would have no qualms putting them all in. Fuck it, like what well, we got to lose. You might as well lose with them than lose with fellas that don't want, don't want to play.
1: And you know, funny Jerry, what you're saying there is right because it could come to an actual case where you know what you're saying. Leave out the younger lads to maybe try and get through the games with the experienced heads that it'd see the games out and they going you know, to win you the games, but in terms of the games we're coming into, we're playing a lot of teams that still have a lot to play for in the season, so there's going to be a lot of fight and desire in those games, and you need that enthusiasm, that energy of the younger lads coming in with that will, that fight that they want to win, they want to prove themselves, and that <laughs> will actually bring us further on, but whereas if you have that same attitude that we had the other night, we'll get steamrolled by all of them. Yeah, in- it doesn't matter. Because yeah. we come up against UCD on Friday night, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but like they're they're fighting for their lives. They're sitting level on points at Harps. It's everything is to play for there. Yeah. So, some of
4: our lads are, are fighting for the, the deck chairs
1: really, aren't they? Exactly.
4: Yeah. Mm. Donald, yeah.
2: What do you think yourself, Donald? Like, you know, if Caelan Caitlin Barlow he's you know, we could have a Oh, look, a, he's, he's,
0: he's he's the 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 couple of opportunities he's got, he's he's made the most of them um like and he's like he, he's he staked a bigger claim, uh, it, starting to get a start than than I suppose some of the more uh, uh, well based performances. Like he, he's 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 knocking on the door, like you know that kind of way. And as as the jury was saying there, like like give him his chance. Like he's he's mad to prove himself. So let him go out and let him do his talk on the pitch. Um, I mean like performances should should dictate. Uh, who's uh, who's getting picked and who's not and if a young fella's gone out there and he's bust his gut he's a local lad uh, regardless of whether he's local or not if he's gone out there he's trained his hardest and he's making an impact on the game give him a start and see what he can do give him 90 minutes and see 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 what he can do because uh, and like that all across the pitch like these young lads that are signed on maybe two year deals like in a Clancy and these young fellas give them a go if, if they're going to be here next season give them a couple of uh, give them a couple of games we've nothing to lose at this stage now and uh, as the boys were saying there it's, it's if the young fellas are going to play to try and push for 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 a place give them a shot and, and see, see see what they can see what they can do because uh, they've earned it at this stage
1: i could be overstepping the mark here but if something is going to touch on anyway in a couple of weeks with uh, at the end of the season but may as well say it when he's done now i think barlow could be strongly in contention for Young Player of the Year next year. That's how good I think he is. I think, and he will play a huge part in our season next year. Uh, I genuinely believe that. Yeah, no
4: reason why not. From the glimpses that we've seen of him, has the quality um, along with all the other attributes that we've already mentioned. So, absolutely no reason why not.
2: And what's his, what's his preferred position? What what would you play him, Sean? Like, in the 10, or is he personally going to the two in midfield, you know.
1: I'd play him as a number eight. That'd be my preference for him. That's. I think he has all the ability to play a number eight. I think even as a number 10, I think you lose something out of him because he has that long diagonal pass in his locker that we've seen unlock a couple of teams. You know, he plays that ball. He can. He has that lovely vision where he can pick a pass over a fullback's head side and land it in that space perfectly for an oncoming winger seen that a couple of times out of him and to do that from deep and play that role I think he has all the ability to do that now whether he maybe wants to play further forward I'm not sure but that's where I'd love to see him It's just in that number 8 role dictating play all the time and I think I, you know, go, go on ahead Donald sorry
0: sorry Sean no, I've, I've seen him play for Thunder 19 as well and he, he, like, he, he can be disciplined in his midfield performance I've seen him a couple of times too so like I'd agree with you there Like maybe that deeper role would suit him the as opposed to number 10 like um, you know he's he, he like he's he's not afraid to put in the shift appearance fairness, so we know when he can tackle. He's he. can't he, so he
1: can work so. that box to box. You see, that's why it have him yep. in the number eight, and he is he is quite good defensively. He's not rash in the tackle. Yeah, you know he is very he's calm and collected in the tackle. He knows how to. It's not just diving in, you know. He is he knows how to tackle properly. What
3: This is Sean from America. where we had a long layoff, waiting for Rovers to play again, and shit, we probably should have just kept on waiting because that was awful. Uh, I don't know what what's going on with the players, but it seems to be maybe a disconnect between what the manager's saying and what the players are showing on the, the field, and. Uh, it was a really tough watch. I, I have to say, for me, Colin Horgan was probably overall the best player, but even he didn't cover himself in glory, especially on that third goal. And uh, the midfield was just atrocious. I mean, we really have nothing to play for, okay, but to play like that was just disappointing. And they all look worn down, tired. You know, like like they hadn't had a break or anything. And uh, maybe maybe he needs to change it up. And uh, frankly, I I don't want to see that midfield plate the next game. I'd rather see the midfield that finished the game, start that game. At least they've got some energy and get some time into Barlow. Maybe uh, he can work out some of that. Uh, aggression he's got but I don't know we'll see and uh, hopefully a bit better performance on Friday or against UCD and uh, we'll just go again All right. up the rovers
2: Right, lads we'll move on now to a bit of news I suppose there's only one place to start with the news is the annual draw and it took place at half time in the game against Shams and we saw a grand total of 106,970 euro Jerry that's a, that's a hell of a lot of money raised in the annual draw
4: yeah it's it's phenomenal isn't it um, such a such a reaction from, from the public around the north west to support their their club, unreal. Like you know, you wouldn't, you really wouldn't get anywhere else. But the amount of work and effort that's put in by so many people uh, is just phenomenal. And um, and it's what's that? 100 and, what's that? Ten thousand seven hundred tickets. It's fucking. It's it's madness, madness. But and I think is the one thing I would say about that hundred seven thousand. Look, when you look at it. You know, I suppose Shan's got one hundred sixty-six thousand from drawing a game against uh, who was it? Uh, Mole in the, the in the ECL Cup, but I think that one hundred seven thousand means so much more when individuals and supporters have to go out and raise it. And I think you'll probably you cherish the money more, and you look after it more, and it'll be spent more wisely not nothing against shams actually by the way or anything like that, but I think the way we're going now is that um every club nearly has a benefactor or an, an owner except ourselves and um, so I think when you raise that kind of money it, it it shows you the value of money and you look after it and I think we are blessed in that regard where we have a very strong management committee that do watch every single cent and it's spent as as best as as possibly can be so yeah it's just phenomenal. And Sean. Well, it's it's go a good on?
1: point. It, and what Jerry says there about, you know, every club, even stemming into the League of Ireland where it's a benefactor or money been pumped in behind it. It just shows you the value of actually having a community club where football is becoming so distant from the public, from the community, where it separates itself so much where there was a time, you know, when fans could relate to players, you know, there were everyone was on the same kind of level, players drank in the same pub and all that kind of crack, even in the showgrounds. But over the years that's move further and further away and it's only becoming worse now with the with the billionaires taking over the clubs. So for that to for that for us to raise that kind of money and it just it strengthens that family, that community within Sligo Rovers, it just and it it's going towards Rovers being a bigger project in overall with this master plan. You know, and increasing the size of the family, increasing the size of the, the community because we're looking to to expand out and bring in people from further afield, you know, to make the the, the showgrounds basically the sporting arena of the northwest, you know, because and that's what it will be in to a certain degree, yeah. you know. That's you want to put on a spectacle and make it a, a family environment, and that's you know that's what we're aiming towards. But I couldn't get over the amount of money we raised. You know, what was it, Jerry? We talked about it there in during COVID. We raised seventy thousand, wasn't it? Uh, seventy eight, I think. Yeah, and the rest of the league, uh, what the the, the to you know we ran for the hills apparently, and then made <laughs> all this money, and you know we just showed what a community spirit was about then, and then we've gone and up that again. I didn't think that'd be possible. Yeah. So it just goes to show you what what this place, what's like Rovers means to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. because as Jerry says to me, it's you know during a a financial crisis, and it is, you know, we're in tough times. Uh, you know, the cost of living, everything going up, for people to put their hand in their pocket and maybe spend 10, 20 euro, whatever it was they gave. It's a lot. So to raise that money, it's it's a credit to everyone that was involved in it. And the likes of Jerry and that as well, behind the trust who, you know, they worked their socks off. There's no two ways about it. And the people within the club, Tommy Higgins, Andy Dodd, they've been, you know, the two of them themselves, I've noticed them, you know, selling tickets every... Every every game you're walking in, you know they're getting books out and people taking them and people taking them willingly. They're not being forced on them. People are looking yeah. to get books to sell, to do their own bit. You know, I sold a couple, not as many as I wanted to sell, but you know, I couldn't. I actually I laughed because in the group chat for the estate I live in here in Ballasadere, I says to Jerry I says I'll take three books off you, and I was thinking to myself I'll just throw that up into the group now, Dylan. We gone in two days, you know, the, and I. Got a message back that ninety percent of the houses had already bought tickets that there had been someone around selling in the estate already. They were on the ball and like I, I couldn't argue with it. It was great to hear it, but already there was that people calling to the door. They weren't being shunned away from the door. People were buying off them. Yeah, you know it's 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 been huge and it's just it's a credit to everyone involved.
4: I I think
0: um, I think the 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 success in Europe this season. I think it it gave people like. It's long. It's, it feels like a long time now since we won the league. Um, it gave people that taste of success and that buzz that could be around the club when things are going well. And you know, like I'd imagine, like anybody that's anybody that's in the showgrounds, those uh, any of those special nights, uh, you know, they would be the first people to handle pockets because they know the joy that the, that the club can bring to the to the wider community and. Um, you know, look, at it's a credit to the people of Sligo, it's a credit to the people of the Northwest that they, like, you know, like, everybody, they really, really do will Sligo Rovers. Like, even GA people even buy tickets off me, uh, the, the fellas that, you know, they wouldn't, they'd not They usually laugh at you, you know, if you're talking about Sligo Rovers, but like, everyone put their hand in their pocket and um, everybody's willing the club to, to, to drive on and, and be successful and... Uh, you know, it's it's a great, like, 108,000 is a great uh, it's a great building block for, for, for next season, for for the, the development of the showgrounds and stuff like that. But, no, it's a fantastic achievement by the club and by the supporters.
2: And how important is it, Terry, that, like, you know, this money comes in and it's going to be, it'll be visible, you know. It's not, the money just doesn't disappear randomly into random things, you know. The money will be visible in some way, shape or form.
4: Yeah, well, the money is ring fenced for the for the development, and um, and that money is needed for uh, the next stage, which is the application of for planning permission, and um, so that costs over a hundred thousand for that, as far as we know. So, you know, I suppose as you say, when you say it's visible, it's tangible. It will be tangible. Do you do you know that kind of way? And I suppose you need to have your planning to. Push forward for the likes of the grants, and and there is money out there. Like you know, um, for like the government still are spending money on on projects that are of a benefit to the community, and like there's no um bigger benefit than if we could have, you know, a state of the art showgrounds. Um, and we're not talking about we're not talking about millions and millions and millions or billions or anything like that. It's a small amount of money, really, when you think about it. You know um what is it? about fifteen million all in. Um and it's it's not that like for the amount of uh benefit uh to the community and the you know I think there's there's stats out there I don't know them off the top of my head, but for every say euro that you invest in sports, you get so much more back. Um and I think it just would be a great reward to the community at large that you know have supported the club since nineteen twenty eight and we've been at the same site. We've never gone bust, we've never reneged renegated on our, our payments, you know, the people that went around in the late sixties, was it nineteen sixty eight, went round the houses around the town and collecting a shilling or whatever off of people. Like, you know, this isn't just one annual draw. This is a combination of history, uh history of people backing their their local football club. Um and you know, there's nowhere else that does that uh, the way we do, and like we are the envy of every other league of Ireland club in the country. And I'm sure, and I know a lot of GAA people. And in fairness, look, they're, they're not big football people, but they have the utmost respect for Cyclers because of the way they go about their business. Um, so we deserve it as a community. We 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 deserve this. If anybody deserves it, we do. You know. Um, and I think we're look, we're edging closer all the time. So I think you know, hopefully there'll be announcement some sort of announcement now in the next few weeks, uh, about how we're, we're gonna push on further. But we deserve it.
2: Right, lads, one more bit of news is the uh, well the senior women's team, they drew one one with Treaty on Sunday. They have no game this week due to international's and two players on the Cygrovers women's team are actually on international duty with the Ireland under nineteen team, Emma Doherty and Pixie O'Hara. Uh they play they have three qualifiers, three qualifiers rather. Uh one which was today against Poland, a one-one draw, which Emma played ninety minutes in, Pixie was on the bench. But they have two more games coming up, one on Friday, the same day as the men play UCD against Northern Ireland, and then on Monday. Um, against France all those three games are taking place in Poland so uh, hopefully we'll see M&Pixie play in well the next two games in those qualifiers so final part of this week's show lads we'll look ahead now to the UCD game on Friday Sean I suppose like we haven't played UCD so far this season you know there's the the loss and the draw at home and the draw up there earlier in the season in May. Um we mentioned earlier on, you know, it's kind of which team do you put out of that but it's it's just it's important just to, you know, pick up the three points on Friday night first and foremost.
1: Yeah, as I says when Donald was making the point about UCD earlier, it's it's a demon we need to exercise here now this week. Um it's been used as a stick to beat John Russell with as well. It's a key pair this, you know, couldn't beat UCD, couldn't beat UCD. It's like, so what? I know it's not the best. It's the, they're not a great side as such, but it's not the be all and end all. But I think just to get that monkey off your back is important. Um, I, I want to beat them for selfish reasons as well, because watching their stream is probably one of the most infuriating <laughs> things you'll ever do in your life listening to the commentators um so i want to do that for that reason alone but i think it is important for us to to win this game and as we we're it' just continuing on from the shams debate is to get the attitude right and try and get a little bit of a platform here for the for the rest of the season because you do need to accumulate as many points as possible try and finish as high as possible you know get that fifth spot and you know your platform for next year so it all it does start stemming from this game now you know it's a perfect opportunity. They're fighting for their lives, but look, we should have, we should have the quality to see it out and just go and beat them. I'd like to think we're we'll going win two now. Jerry. Um, I think that, look, we've struggled
4: against, um, the bottom of the table teams, um, right throughout the year, uh, struggle to break them down. Um, so that's something that we really need to look at for next year. Um, I suppose when you look across the team, we just haven't scored enough goals outside of Kena. Um There's not enough people shipping in with goals. If you go through the midfields, you know, how many has Bulger scored this season? Has McDonald. Um, one, I think. One. Uh, yeah. O'Sullivan, o- o- one a couple, Fitzgerald, a couple. Yeah.
1: Mada has six. Yeah. Um, Levac has three. Three. Yeah. I think has three. Um, so, yeah. But we've actually, you know, we've, um, I think we're on course to outscore ourselves from
0: last season. It's been an improvement in last season. It has yeah. definitely up front. Yeah. I think,
1: we, I think we have 40 goals already this season. I think we finished with 43 last year. Yeah. Off the top of my head now. Um,
4: but I suppose if you were to take the top scorer from this season and the top scorer from last season, take those goals away, you know, I'm sure it'd be well down on last year. Oh, but no, even though I, we had we had a problem last year scoring as well, yeah, from midfield, like where this is not this is. But again, it goes back to the point of like um, beating John Russell about the head In that, does he expect him to, to wave a magic wand and turn all these players into all of a sudden goal scorers? Exactly, but like they're proven non-goal scorers, yeah. most of them. So that's a huge issue that we
1: need to solve for next season. And then I think you can judge. Yeah, well, I think John Russell needs to be judged on next season alone anyway. This isn't his team. No. no. You know, it's far from it. I'd say even tactically, he can't do what he wants to do with this group of players that he has. It's not a slight on the players either. These players were assembled by a different manager who, wanted to, who wants to play in a certain type of way. I don't know if John Russell will want to play in that type, in that style. Who knows? We'll find out next year. So, But to be judging him so harshly, on this season, I think is it's crazy, and it's really surprising as well because I thought when John got the job, he would have got all the backing in the world from the Sligo Rovers fans, based off the fact that he's a Sligo Rovers legend. Because let's call a spade a spade, he's a mainstay from our most successful type, our most successful period. You know, he gave everything for the jersey when he played. He then came and started his coaching career with Sligo Rovers, took a brief spell and went to Westport to further his career or further his development as a manager but came back and continued his development here at the showgrounds. He he came out of retirement to help us stay in the league as a player. He didn't want to be a player, but he was signed on as a player uh, coach and gave everything he could when called upon. You know, John has done an awful lot for this club as well, and I think he deserves the chance and he deserves the backing of the fans. And I think he's, all, he's already changed an awful lot around the place. Ah,
4: oh, look, so much, yeah. You know, all positive, but I think the one thing about the one thing I look, I love Sligo, right? But and I love the people, but I don't think you'll get a, a higher percentage of people that are I told you so's, in the world. I'd say we've got the highest per head of per capita of I told you so in the world. Um, sorry, I just lost me, just pause there, Sean. positive or was recording. No. Yeah, so I think, look, we've got the highest per head of capital of, of uh, I told you so, to, told you sores in, in, in the world, to be honest with you. And the one thing that you can guarantee in football is that at some point, every manager gets the sack. And we, because we've got so many I told you sores out there, they're always waiting to, for the doom and gloom to say, I told you, I told you it wouldn't work out, I told you. But anybody can do that because at the end of the day, every manager always, you know, Ninety nine times out of hundred gets a sack, so I don't know. We're we're a strange bunch of people, to be fair.
1: Look, I said many times on here some of the shouts I've heard in the stands over the years. I had people telling me Paul Cook needed to be ran out of the club. You know, I had a fella tell me Joey Doe was useless. You know, there's there's lunatics out there, and that's. But yeah. that's not to say, look, I don't think any of us are trying to say you know we're guaranteeing that John Russell is going to be a success. But what we're all trying to say is be patient, give the man a chance. Yeah. You know, listen.
0: At I, the end of the day, right? There's no way, and and I was I was very very fond of Liam Buckley. Uh, there's absolutely no way we would have won four out of six games in Europe under Liam Buckley. Absolutely no way. For the for for what uh, John Russell delivered in in Europe alone, like like he should be fucking giving the keys, given the keys to Sligo uh being honest with you like i don't know where where the negativity but people look at i know is it is it just is it's modern the modern era where people are i know sean you've you've been on about force people are just so reactionary like i i was gutted after the performance on 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 saturday night but i i've seen the quality in the team i i and i know that they're better than than, than what the sh- what the showed last last saturday night um Look, I I don't I do, I think the the criticism is unfounded. If, if whatever criticism, criticism there is of John Russell, and certainly he deserves a season uh, to 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 be shown exactly to to let him show what he can do. Because uh, yeah. like I say, those that, that those uh, games in Europe. And there's a couple of performances this season. Some of the goals he scored as well this season. There's some great, like team goals uh, that that had his kind of fingerprints over them. Mm-hmm. I think like we've 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 seen a couple of tasters of of what his 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 vision is, and I certainly like to see more of it next season. Yeah, percent. I, I,
4: I, deser- I think he deserves. I think he deserve I think he deserves criticism for last Saturday night, though. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah. So
1: yeah. And he's not above criticism. No. No. And that's, you know, yeah, everyone has to be real about that as well. You can't just go around and pretend everything's rosy in the garden all the time. Yeah, That's not the way it works either. You know, you have to pick apart to put, um, the parts where he hasn't done well. And I think he's had a couple of those as well already. But he's early on in his management career. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's going to happen. Like, you know, imagine your first managerial job and you're thrown straight away into a European season into a cluster of fixtures with a tiny squad, and you're just told, now, go and navigate that. You know, bear in mind, the squad wasn't fit. And that's a fact, and we all know that. And there's one thing, and you can see it from Twitter or Facebook or wherever you are, every game, nearly, a- nearly every game, that was one criticism you heard after when Liam Buckley was in charge. We do not look fit. We look so tired. We look wrecked. We look shattered everything. There was always that sound. Not once have I heard that since John Russell has taken over. We've constantly seen the fitness levels increase every day, every game. You can see that the players, they're not out on their feet. We aren't dropping back after nearly 30 minutes of a game and trying to hang on. We've continued to play the game at a good intensity throughout, you know, granted it always hasn't worked out for us tactically and teams have outplayed us and, also, you have to take into account as well, I think, you know, a lot of players have let Buckley and Russell down this season. There's players, that that an at, uh, players at the start of the season let Liam Buckley down too. Let's make that clear, you know. And a few of them have let Russell down as well throughout his tenure so far. There's been a huge amount of individual errors leading to losses this season. It's, it's actually, I can't think of a season like it, to be honest, that I've seen such bad defending, you know, mistakes from goalkeepers. It's it's been a bit of a mess in that regard. We've lost an awful lot of points through that, but look, all in all. We've
0: lost a lot of players, Sean. We've lost, of, I mean, oh, we've yeah. lost key players. Like, you know, we've lost, uh, obviously, McGinty has been a massive loss. Huge loss. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Gary Buckley's been another loss. John Manton started the season, another massive loss. Big presence there. You know, so, like, like, in spite of all that, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's been an okay season. Obviously, I, uh, you know, Europe, Europe, obviously was icing on the cake. Um, but like, there's still, a, I, I suppose, what's to play for is I, I would like to see Aiden make I'd like to see a team effort to see Keane make sure that he he gets top score, he gets the goal in the boot or whatever you want to call it uh, for the league. I think that's one thing that they should all be aiming for for uh, for their yeah, teammates. Yeah. And, and also, like to just to push on and try and finish in fifth if they can, because um, you know, I, I do I, I think we're probably better than fifth. Uh, but, you know, it was, you can only judge a team on where to finish at the end of the season. So. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent there altogether. No, no,
4: not at all. But I suppose um, the one thing uh, um, that I would say is that, look, we know that wages just, have, so Rovers had their biggest budget there for this season uh, from the start. Um how do we? Uh, and if we finish, say fifth, even possibly sixth, uh, we spend the same money again. There's a huge kind of pressure uh, on everybody, really, to try and get back into Europe. Um, never mind even making a challenge. Like, do we? Do we try something? You know, if we keep doing the same thing, are we going to? Are we going to get the same results? Are we are we not going to qualify for Europe and then we put ourselves in a bit of bother? Or do we maybe try something left field? Uh, I know, like for instance, the, the link up with Everton uh, didn't work out. It's been probably a real disappointment. Or Is there some way that, I don't know, that we can kind of keep up with the, the billionaire or the millionaire owners that, you, you know, I think if we just keep doing what we're doing, we're going to end up, struggling to get well we might get fourth but there's a great chance that we don't does anybody uh, what's your thoughts yeah. on that?
0: Line? well I, I like one, one thing waffling. i know what you're i know what you're saying there jerry right but like maybe everything isn't the race uh maybe everything isn't the race uh, uh fit for us i yeah. i just i see a lot of kind of maybe younger uh younger irish players maybe going to uh European clubs, like Italian clubs, Spanish clubs, so on and so forth. So maybe there's something in that that could be explored in terms of uh, uh, g- g- bringing in some players from from like continental teams and getting them in and on loan or something. I don't know. Look, I, don't know, but, yeah.
1: uh, I think uh, the avenue Russell himself is going down. He's looking towards Eastern Europe to bring players in. I think that's a clever avenue that he's. Because even like, you know, you've seen Frank Levac already come in and um, Robbie Burton has come over. Granted, he's from London, but, you know, he's come over from Dynamo Zagreb. So, you know, looking at that, that area as well to bring in a higher quality of player on a lesser wage, maybe than what you pay for a higher standard of League of Ireland player, so to speak. You know, that might be the way to go when you're mixing it with the excellent youth that we have coming through. From the academy, obviously you can't overkill the first team with, no. with with academy players because let's be honest, they're not all going to be good enough. You know, yeah. you're going to have one or two that are of the real standard that'll make a difference to compete at the top end of the table. You know, let's not kid ourselves that you know you're going to have five or six every year coming through. That's just not possible. Barcelona don't even have that. Yeah, um, I
4: think I think just uh, I suppose the point I'm trying to make is that. How do we is there a way that we can come up with an idea that can make us competitive, like top two without without spending, you know, three grand a week on players? Um I suppose if there was a solution, someone probably would have discovered it by now. But even if you look at the likes of kind of the couple of things that I noticed one thing that I noticed today was like, say uh Shams uh underage side were playing a Z Altmar. In the youth Champions League, whatever the case, yeah, Altmar beat them five nil. Now, Sham's have the best academy and the best setup in Ireland. And if AZ Altmar youth can beat them five nil, like you know, is there opportunities abroad that, like, where are, are all these? I know this sounds plain sky, but are all these AZ Altmar players making it at that club? And as you said, even at Barcelona or not. So, is there players out there that we can? Maybe tap into. Uh, well, that's the... the route.
1: That's the route I'm saying, Jerry. With with John going that Eastern European route. I think even you look at Hartman from, you know, bringing him in on loan from Leipzig. You know, I know that's not Eastern Europe, but you know, going into you into Central Europe, into Eastern Europe, and like that, you know, going to the likes of the Dutch clubs in AZ Alkmaar, and that. You know, people have this weird obsession that you know you have to fill your team with League of Ireland. Proven players mm-hmm. it Couldn't be further From the truth A good footballer Is a good footballer It doesn't matter Where he's from If you can Settle him into the side It's the exact same We've seen Brilliant lads come From all over the league Here And be absolutely Terrible They've,
4: Even Celtic Have done this You know To a certain extent Like there At the start of the season uh, And uh, Possibly A lot of I can't say his bloody name yeah. But like he brought in Three Japanese players Yeah um, Yeah you know, that he knew from from the League or whatever. Like, that's the kind of opportunity I'm talking about. Obviously, we're not going to get ca- players that calibre, but like if Celtic can do it, why can't we do it? You know, rather than bringing in these lads from Dublin or whatever, and they don't really no. get it. Uh, they don't really have maybe the mentality that we would like to see, maybe from... The players that play for our club and you know like if you look at the three Japanese lads and I'm only using that as an example off the top of my head but like to see their attitude the way they play they play the game you know it's kind of refreshing mm-hmm. um, and that's something that we maybe need to as a club we just need to get some refreshing players in that want to play football regardless of who it's for and never mind this kind of crack of oh I'll, I, I don't know I don't know I don't understand the mo- mentality of the so-called modern footballer at times you know Um. so yeah I, I just think we need to refresh in some way
1: but it's definitely a route we should be going down is you know scouting younger players bringing younger players in yeah. and, try, and especially when we've seen the market open so much to the UK now where the UK isn't afraid to come and buy players from the League of Ireland anymore it's nearly a feeding ground for them they want to take from here So we should be looking to capitalise on that now and bring in as many young players as we can within reason, obviously, and try and sell them on again. Have that model. I know everyone wants to see the players stay here for as long as possible, but if we can create a successful team on the pitch, but also a team that's creating a a successful bank balance for us as well, where it's, it's affecting us in both ways positively, like a Brighton, for instance, like Brighton are doing now in the Premier League. They're continually bringing through younger players, putting the right coaching systems in place, and then selling them on for big money. We we do that on a lesser scale, and I think you'd be in a good position going forward.
4: Yeah, like I, I, you
1: know, the academy is really, really important.
4: Um, but like, I don't think it should be just uh, confined to the, to the northwest. Um, I think if there's a fella out there that's maybe sixteen, bring him in. You know, like what we've done with Connor Walsh, like bring him in, give him a, a, education and and a contract, yeah. um, because maybe that is the only way, really going forward, that we we can comp- compete. Maybe just trying to be that little bit, and that's not left field at all. But just you know, um, you know, we're never going to have more, uh, we're never going to have more money than than anybody else in the league. No. Uh, if anything, we're we're regressing even just by standing still uh, in terms of budgetary. So how how do we reinvent ourselves? How do we rejuvenate ourselves? How do we kind of just you know come at it from a different angle? That
0: you know we're not selling our soul, but just doing something different. I, I can guarantee you one thing: UCD are going to be up for this game on on, on Friday night. Of course they're uh, like you know, so, and they have everything to play for. So we just you have to approach that game with the right with the right mentality and the right attitude, i say, and. Uh, Try and, try and finish as high up the table as we possibly can because uh, the the supporters of the club deserve deserve that so
2: Right lads we'll leave it at that Thank you Sean Cheers lads Thank you Donald Thanks lads And thank you Jerry
0: came to
2: eyes. I'm going away and I just stick my head in a I bucket of the water for a few minutes yeah. <laughs> I was proud coming
0: with 1 Best town in the world Best town in the world Best town in the world More drama here
2: Elani, North, Elding, 3 They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. It's
3: brilliant, 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 brilliant. Here comes Quigley, and it's there! It's Slugger over three,
1: St. Patrick's Athletic two. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day.